0: The next day some guy shows up and he's like, Is this your card? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I want to learn what you did.
1: That's so <laughs> awesome. Like, okay.
0: Whether that's true
2: or not. I know, right. We're leaving it. We're accepting it because it's awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a there's a little bit of old schoolness that doesn't I mean you can't you can't deteriorate so far from the combative aspect of the art that you're essentially playing martial arts i mean i there's you know how it is you see the videos of the guys that are just waving their hands and people are Mm -hmm. falling down yeah yeah, the, the paper tigers of the world per se you know um but there is definitely a point of where you can have it be real and you can test it but you don't need to be like to the point where you end up with detached retinas, you know, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so. criminal records. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't need to get warrants. warrant. That's
2: not good. Right, right. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Pohada Podcast. I am Matt Brouse of Pohata Photography, the loosely titled host of this show. Right off the bat, a shout out to my guy, Pauly Brooks, for holding on to one of the mics for most of this episode, and him and his wife, Kathy, for hosting the conversation. Episode 30 of this podcast, a historic marker, if I do say so myself. And we're chatting with Gus and Nikita Kratzky, who are opening the newest Academy Martial Arts affiliate here in Minnesota, Burnsville to be specific. Make sure to check them out on Instagram at Burnsville.martialarts.academy. That's the best way to get a hold of them and follow the development of their new gym. The gym's going to be opening in September. Kind of a cold opening followed by a grand opening event. He tells me in the episode it's September 18th. Also, a big shout out to my guy Tim at axon-movement.com. That's Axon Movement, a gym in Minneapolis. Instagram, axon underscore MVMT for his continued support of the podcast. If you're a mess physically, can't figure out some pain issues, or just need to get into better shape, go see my guy Tim. It's thanks to him we've got four mics, so Polly can actually chime in like a grown-up for the last 10 or 15 episodes. And ironically, my apologies right off the bat, the first 12 and a half, 13 minutes of this episode, mic number four, that's Nikita's mic, wasn't properly hooked in, but we got it fixed. That's ironic because she's a trained sound engineer. Of course, I messed that one up. And without further ado, my conversation with one of the newest gyms in minnesota for muay thai brazilian jiu-jitsu mixed martial arts kali all that stuff gus and nikita Kratsky of burnsville martial arts academy
0: who are you people my name is gus Kratsky. gus yeah my real name is justin but my nickname is gus it's a nickname i got from my family when i was about six months old um apparently when i was a a baby i was really colicky and never ate when i was supposed to never went to bed older brother and the family read this book called gloomy gus the hippopotamus (laughs) i know right so they started calling me gloomy gus and by the time i got to elementary school there were like two other justins in my classroom so i just said call me gus i want to be myself i want to be original so yeah
2: I just pretty much stuck that's a killer nickname story actually
0: are you, who are you? Who's this here? This is my wife. I'm Nikita Kratsky, and I don't
2: have a particularly fun reason for my name. Because it's awesome. Your name's awesome. It's awesome on its own. Yeah, you don't yeah, need to. I don't need a story.
3: You're not named <laughs> Justin
2: like everybody else. Exactly.
0: What are we here to talk about? Well. A boot. Did you hear that? I got a Canadian boot. for a second there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nikita and I are opening our own martial arts academy. And we're going to be located in Burnsville. We have gone with the name, the Burnsville Martial Arts Academy. Real out there. Yeah. But it
2: tells me everything I need to know. It's martial arts, where I can learn it, and where it is. Exactly. Um, we'll be opening at
1: the end of the month, so
2: end of August. Yeah. I was going to say which month, Yeah, just in case I get lazy about posting this.
0: Yeah, hopefully <laughs> our mats are tentatively expected to be arriving a week from today. So we will be bring in a bunch of people back. My good friend, Dan Moret uh, works with zebra mats is like a consultant with them. And he's going to, he's mm-hmm. already told me he's going to come back and be kind of our general contractor on the build out. I guess you could say. Sweet.
2: Yeah. Sweet. So you got a professional involved in laying those things down.
0: Yeah, I guess that's what you can call him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, we're really excited about it. It's been something that like, I mean, I started martial arts when I was six and, you know, Nikita started when she was five. You know, we've been together for about five, a little over five years now. And, um, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. I, I actually just finished up working at the Academy in Prairie about last week was my last day actually. And, you know, I had been there for five years and what'd you do there? I was the head Thai boxing instructor and the head kids instructor for the kids program there. And. It's been pretty awesome. We built it up. We had no one when we started, and I think they're pushing over 200 members there now, so they're doing really well for themselves.
2: Wow. So yeah. now you got to do it again. What's that? Exactly. Yeah, now exactly. do it again.:
0: <laughs> Well, I had the good opportunity to kind of use that as a learning experience for the last five years and figure out what mistakes to not make when we decide to do it ourselves. Yeah. So Save
2: all those secrets for yourself. Open your own gym.
0: Exactly. Do it the right
2: way this time. <laughs> exactly. That's a good way to put it. What's this what's this space like like where where is it at specifically
0: we are the address is 1401 cliff road um uh, we're located like what is it like four blocks west of highway 13 on cliff road so, so yeah so if you're like if you're looking at a map of the twin cities you got like highway 77 and highway 35 13 goes across mm-hmm. we're in about kind of the middle there and then you just take a left up there you head west at that Walgreens right there, like Rack's Sports Bar and Grill or whatever I think is the name yeah. of the spot there. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just
1: a couple blocks from Rack's.
0: Yeah. But it's a, it's a pretty exciting spot. We found it. It was we, the first place we actually went and saw and fell in love with it right away. Nice. Um, and we, I actually
2: got it. You got your first choice. Yeah. Uh. Which
3: was great because we only had three choices. So okay. we, were, we were a little
1: worried. When
2: yeah. the,
3: next, the next two we looked at were much too big. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. How how
2: big is the one you got? How big is the space? Three thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good enough,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. We've got um I think it's like eight hundred feet of like office and kind of like for like the changing rooms and the front lounge and walk in mm-hmm. area and then I think it's somewhere around like twenty three hundred square feet that yeah. so yeah, it's Western pretty nice. Space. Yeah. So we're pretty pumped. It's a nice wide open space that'll be just there's a garage door at one end that'll we'll be able to open up and We'll have wall mats on all the sides and we're really excited going with zebra we're gonna be able to get the big uh, heavy bag rack that's like the trolley system I yep. know they've got that at the academy and then over at the striking Strike Institute Institute well. so yeah, that's sweet I know we're yeah. we're so pumped about that because we initially were looking at um, getting like just individual wall mounts like for you know for each bag but my well, problem with that is then they're kind of stuck there i mean they're you are there you yeah. could try like bungeeing them up to the wall or something but they're still kind of in the way and then this way being able to slide them out just gives us a lot more space so
2: plus it just looks cool yeah
0: obviously really cool. look how awesome
2: this is <laughs> mm-hmm. what are you gonna do there what we doing uh uh what do you call it Jitsu? is that gonna happen there something or muay like thai
1: <laughs>
3: and panatukin as like an alternate art option which I'm really excited about. That's what I've trained most of my focus in has been blended arts.
2: Say the last one again.
3: Panatukin.
2: Okay, now tell me what that means. I used to get pancakes there when yeah. I was a kid. who's? <laughs> <cook and> <laughs> well, that's exactly where I went. Eh.
3: <laughs> so, Kali, Kali if we back up, Kali is um, kind of an umbrella term for Filipino martial arts mm-hmm. and Kali is like weapon based systems so um, panatukin is Holly's form of empty hand. So it is a boxing art that is derived a lot from the knife. So a lot of knife movements and the ways that that you train, the punches, mimic that. And then it has the they call it um, dirty boxing because it has a lot of elements that would be like illegal in the ring. So it's boxing with arm wrenches or throat pokes, eye jabs,
2: you know, different destructions and things like that. A lot of off-balancing and sweeps. It's so it's like boxing, but
0: closer to real fighting. Yeah, yeah. I think. More, it's, I mean, it's also been I've I've heard it's been called like Filipino boxing as yeah, well. That's another so, um, yeah, it's essentially it's more like a, a little more of a street applicable, um, less thought process of wearing gloves, less emphasis on like a ring or a cage per se, and just more straight up self defense type stuff. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Really fun to train though. It's very fun. Yeah.
2: It sounds cool. Yeah. Having never seen it, it sounds cool. it reminds me a little bit of how like Aikido is all based on the movements of the sword. Yeah. But they don't yeah. use swords, right? But yeah. the same kind of rhythm to it. Absolutely. Also yeah. I want pancakes now.
1: <laughs> 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 I think there's still one on Highway Seven.
0: <laughs> Panicukin. I went yeah. to Manchester right. years ago, but it's been a minute. So
2: What's the nearest brewery to your gym? Is it Bald Man?
0: Probably. I'm not is that the closest one? Sure. That's kind of how I orient what?
2: the world is, where's your place? And then I think, okay, where's... Oh, yeah, it's near that brewery. And that's how I yeah. figure stuff out. I think
0: man is close. Because we pretty close.
2: To it's right down 13.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're kind of like in the... I guess you could say the northeast corner of Burnsville. Yeah. So, but when we were thinking about locations, we wanted to find a spot that wasn't really... Well, A, wasn't going to be like... Close to either the gym that Nikita came from, or like close to any of my like our academy affiliates, because sure, because sure. we're we're in a branch of the academy, so yeah. that's why we have academy in the name. I and would everything. hope so. Otherwise, you're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was something that was really we were really fortunate about. I had the big talk with Coach Greg and Andy Gron, and they both just gave our gave us their blessing right away and said they absolutely approve of it. So we were really excited about that.
2: We're and, at number five now.
0: Is there five academies. Oak River. I mean, I guess if you count international, I guess we could be like number nine, because <laughs> there's Eden Prairie, Elk River, Saint Paul, Fargo, Columbia, and Barcelona. So I guess that makes us number eight. So I wasn't even thinking
2: outside Minnesota, but all oh right.
0: no, it would be a nine because then there's HQ, Brooklyn Center. So I oh, yeah. forgot about. Okay. Yeah. yeah the big one. <laughs> <Yeah>. The original. <laughs>
2: And that's pretty pretty good spot though. You think in terms yeah. of of not honing in on anybody else's territory, so to speak, but you also know, being able yeah, to have your own I mean, community.
3: Totally. We wanted a place that was close enough to Minneapolis, just because that's where we have our house, and my parents are in Minneapolis, and we mm-hmm. have to not go too far south.
0: Absolutely, and you know we realized kind of looking around at the demographics of like what's available and what schools are where. I mean, we know that like Minnesota top team is in Eagan, and they are premier school. Like I, I have nothing but respect for everybody there. Like Jeremy's awesome. Every person there I've ever encountered is awesome. And why would you want to go compete with a Goliath like that? I mean, that's kind of foolish. Just go to a spot where there's not as much available. Right. 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 And Burnsville is a great spot. There's, it's a population dense city. There's a lot of places. There's a lot of like towns around it, a lot of families and what we're looking to do. I mean, we're like a mile from the high school, I think. So, um, you know, and that's something that's going to be really nice because, like, Nikita has actually been um, the instructor for the Thai boxing and kids program at the Minnesota Collie Group for a number of years. And so, like, we were able to find a spot that's not competition with them, not with the academy. And honestly, Claveter is the one who gave us the idea. He's like, you should just come here back when he was still living. Then in he moved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll open a gym <laughs> here and over. then move out of state. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I mean, we're both lifelong martial artists. It's something I've, I mean, hell the longest job I've ever held in my life was being a martial arts coach at the academy. And not to say that I'm a lazy worker. It's just, it's hard to go to work (laughs) when you don't like your job, you know?
2: Yeah. 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 So teaching any kind of sport or physical thing. And then like, shacking up with a real job would would be a tough transition I think it is
0: sometimes yeah yeah. I mean when I when I retired from competing that was something I had to really kind of battle with I guess you can say a little bit cuz like I had to move back home and we can get into this too but I had like a big debt I had a medical debt that had occurred uh, while I was fighting and so I had to like kind of retire from that and had to get a real job and pay that off and then just I was like, well, I'm not going to be done with martial arts, so I'm just transitioned to coaching now. And so I'd be like, I had at one point had a job where I was working as like a material handler in a paper supply company warehouse where I'd work like 6 a.m. to 2.30, and then I'd go teach from like 4 until 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, and I was, I was like, well, this is what I'm doing, so.
2: Yeah, the one thing pays the bills, and the other one keeps the interest and the passion a little bit.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, but, but yeah. And then, I mean, Nikita has been doing this forever too and has been, I've bounced around a lot more. You've had a pretty straight line story (laughs) in your sense.
3: I did Taekwondo for 10 years from five to 15. And then I found the Minnesota Collie group when I was 15 and then never left. I was there for 13 years. Um, It was right next to my parents' house and I loved the gym. I still love the gym. Mm -hmm. but they offered I had been getting frustrated with Taekwondo just because i was starting to get a little bit bored and I was a teenager and wanted to do something a little different and the Kali group offers six martial arts so even when I would train one and maybe start to feel a little bit burned out or a plateau then you can just transition and focus on a different one for a little bit and so it felt almost like you're like switching
0: schools even though you're just in the same place the whole time oh yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was actually something that was kind of ironic. We actually met at the Minnesota College Group at a Muay Thai seminar.
2: (laughs) That was actually going to be a question of mine because that tends to be the case when both people do the thing and are involved
0: in the thing. Usually they met at the thing. Mm -hmm. We did, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. were, was it 2016?
3: Yeah, Yeah, I think 2016.
0: Um, She had actually just tested for her instructorship the year before, so um all the the newer instructors i was like one level ahead at that time and so all the instructors were like the level one instructors were like going to be teaching and stuff and i nikita and i had a mutual friend um who i could kind of tell like nikita was a little bit nervous about having to get up there and teach in front of all these people and i like you know Wanting to get to know her a little bit went over and tried being like really nice and kind of break the ice like oh You're gonna do great. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I was super nervous, too like it's all good, but and then a Couple weeks later we ended up going on our first date and I'm pretty sure by like date number two. We're like, yeah, we're we're dating now yeah, so yeah (laughs) It was great.
2: That's a pretty standard expectation story. That's what I would have figured. Yeah. Yeah
0: (laughs) Well, and it was nice, too, because we were at separate gyms. Um, I've, I have seen it at times. It, it does happen in the industry where, you know, inner gym romances occur, and sometimes they work out amazingly swell, and sometimes they don't. So that's always nice that that wasn't the case for kind of our story, I guess you could say. Yeah. Be a yeah, statistic for, sure. for the good, not the bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. tells me there's plenty in the other column. Yeah. So. Yeah, chalk one up for the good guys. So <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, it was pretty fun. Like I you know, I've been involved with this. Like I used to compete in MMA, and that's actually what kind of got me into all of this stuff. Like I like Nikita started in Taekwondo. Um I was unlike you looking for something fun to do, I was Obsessed with Karate Kid and Chuck Norris and Van Damme, you know, so those were like my inspirations. And all of a sudden, my mom was like, You're too nuts. There's this Taekwondo place. We're going to have you try it out. I said, Sweet. I'm going to be a ninja. <laughs> so started with that. And for me, then I transitioned to wrestling in high school uh, in my freshman year because I was a football player as well. I was a lineman. And you wouldn't think of it looking at me being an offensive lineman, but I was the same size I am now, basically. Yeah. But as long as
2: everybody else is smaller, then
0: you're good. Uh, a lot of them were bigger. It oh, still yeah. worked. We had a good team. We won state my senior year, so it was oh, all yeah. good. Rock yeah. and roll. It's more than I ever did, and I look like a lineman, so <laughs> good for you. Where did you go to high school? Mankato West. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm born and raised in Mankato. Um, but so then it started doing that, and then – couldn't do taekwondo and wrestling at the same time realized that's a recipe for burnout so i just quit taekwondo focus on wrestling um was contemplating trying to play sports in college and then decided to just go to school anyways not doing a sport and ended up joining the rugby team so it was good time but so you played sports in college yeah I did. I did it wasn't
2: affiliated maybe with the school or no in the nc2a yeah, exactly
0: i was yeah i was playing rugby i was out at south dakota state in brookings at the time and yeah. then jack um, rabbits yeah exactly <laughs> nothing to do in that town <laughs> in the, they got a walmart right yeah <laughs> that's a good thing i guess but um so yeah then i moved back home and you know just kind of was a bum for a couple of years. Like I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was lifting weights and stuff, but just, you know, kind of, that's ha- not being a bum. That's the real shit. Lifting weights. No. Okay. I, I'm offended. I, You're talking to Matt Brosh. Yeah. You're right. I, I sh- let me rephrase that. I was being a bum in the sense that I was always like trying to be in, an like active, like competing sense. Yeah. Of yeah, of yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for me, weightlifting, I was obsessed with weightlifting, like all of high school and it was great for me. It was, it gave me so much confidence and, obviously made me a lot better in sports and stuff. So, um, as I transitioned from just weightlifting into wanting to find back to doing a sport again, I was having a hard time with things. Um, school wasn't really going well at the time. I then, I think it was the summer that I turned 21. So like 'o six. I moved to Brainerd actually. And, uh, about a year later, I met Brock Larson and Jared Firabend when they were mm-hmm. uh, still working together at a, at a gym in Brainerd up there and was introduced to jiu-jitsu for the first time. And I was like, what is this? This is awesome. So uh, the next year, I moved back and found a MMA gym in Mankato. And this was like, I think, spring of 08, I want to say. So I, uh, I was really fortunate. I found this gym that was like really close to where I was living and... I ended up meeting guys like Dan Moret, later on guys like John Casaneda, you know, and guys that I was working with and coaching and stuff. And, you know, I started competing in 09, um, had a bunch of fights, won an amateur belt for the local, you know, promotion at the time. This was before Jeremy was even around actually, uh, Bjornberg. So like SEG wasn't even around at this time. But um, then moved to Rochester, actually, at that point, because I wanted to pursue martial arts full time. So I uh, moved to Rochester, Minnesota, and was living, training at Mario Roberto's school down there, actually. And it was pretty fun, because I had this almost like quasi scholarship thing going where, I don't know if you guys have ever met, there's a guy named Ben Fearson. Uh, he used to run Minnesota MMA News website. It was around about a decade ago. <laughs> um, and he was... He was a guy that was loved the sport of MMA and really wanted to like help someone get to that level and wanted to see like if there was one person he could find in the MMA community that would be able to like, hey, I'm gonna let you come live with me. You're gonna, I'm gonna pay for your living expenses, I'm gonna have you train for free. You're gonna be at Mario's. Mario gets free advertising from Ben's website in exchange for that. And then I'm basically just kind of like, hey dude, just make me work and get me better. So like, I went down there, met Ben, met Mario, kind of like talked it all out and was like, hey, are we gonna do this? Let's do this. And it was pretty sweet, because then I got to go down there and I met guys like Chad Curry, Tommy Spear, Travis View, um, a good friend of mine, Adam Hill, who I think still trains at Spartan, I wanna say now. Um, and yeah, I was competing there, doing, still fighting at the time. And, and then um, it was actually 10 years ago, uh, July of 2011, is when I actually ended up having a my injury that occurred. I had a detached retina in my right eye and a torn retina in my left eye. Yeah, so you got one in both. Yeah. Yeah. I had a same detached, fight. Uh, detachment in the right, tear in the left. So from the same fight. Uh, I wasn't even from fighting. Oh, oh that's I, My my last fight was uh, in December of 2010, and the injury occurred in July of 2011. So, but the reason I think it happened was because I was just you know not i was always say, let's go let's go let's go i don't care don't don't take it easy on me let's let's just go harder like sure you know so i don't blame anyone other than myself for you know just not being smart and how i was handling things so because
2: that's i'm assuming on the list of things that you can you can manage the potential of injuries like that based yeah. on the amount of intense sparring per week mm-hmm. kind of anything
0: i mean my main sparring partners were two guys like i mean tommy spear was a finalist on the ultimate fighter season six <laughs> and like his first fight in the ufc was against rumble johnson <laughs> and
2: <laughs> you know. reminds me it reminds me of caitlin's phrase accidental knockout power
0: exactly <laughs> yeah that's a good way to describe it and then Travis view who I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's had a hundred so. MMA fights as a heavyweight, Oof. and you know, and so I'm sparring with these guys and just kind of getting my butt kicked, but coming yeah. back every day, like, Oh, let's do it again. Let's do it again. So, but kind of one of those lessons you
2: sort of need to learn the hard way, especially if you have a meathead gene at all.
0: Hey man, I'll tell you, you know? this, man, if it wasn't my eyes, my brain would have turned to complete mush by the end of my career. So it, it, in the end it was a total blessing in disguise sure that's the thing that slowed you down enough it's the thing that made me kind of realize like okay we gotta we gotta change this up and and it was great i mean i still get to do everything i want i just don't do hard sparring anymore you know and that's great for me because i've been had my bell rung enough times and you know it's always fun when you're up teaching a class and you're like oh and it just totally blanks like what are we? Hey guys, I've been hitting head a lot, so don't mind me. But what are we doing? Right now? <laughs> what did I
2: say we were working on?
0: Yeah, people think I'm joking, but you know, it's no, I, I am most of the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then um, it was pretty fun because then I moved back to Mankato. I became the coach at that point because I was one of like two blue belts in all of Mankato, and um, there. At the time, you know, there wasn't a lot going on, but we had guys that were competing and we had a really good fight team there at the time. Uh, our head coach, Ray White, was our Muay Thai instructor. And that's kind of where there was a Minnesota Collie Group connection too, because he had trained there for like 10 years before coming to Mankato.
3: He was like considered a legend when I was coming up at the Collie Group. Everyone yeah. talked about like when Ray was here, they had like Sunday fun days and they do tons of pad rounds, all this sparring. Everyone loved Ray.
0: Yeah. And Ray can single handedly be credited for all the guys that are like from Mankato area that are doing well. Like Dan Moret, John Casaneda. Uh, we had a guy, Justin Reem, at the time, who had won several amateur titles. Uh, ben Lindau, like there's just there was a ton of guys. And it was a lot of fun because we had a good team. We weren't the most technical but we worked our tails off and at the time that's really what you needed and so we were really fortunate we were kind of like the group of misfits who just needed some crazy leader to come in and wrangle us in and and he was able to do it well, there tends to be blue collar roots
2: in in the early years of the development of a thing oh yeah you know some yeah. big tag elements whatever but
0: absolutely um, and so from there uh ray ended up having to move back home to Michigan. And so I kind of took on the sole coaching duty. And so, or at the time it was kind of myself and Dan Moret were both still coaching. I mean, he was competing still, but then a few months later he was like, dude, I gotta go. I'm, I'm moving to the academy in Brooklyn center. I gotta, I gotta like make my career take off now too. I'm like, sweet, go for it. And he went in, up to Brooklyn center then and started training under Greg. Um, mm. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do at the time. My parents told me they were going to be moving out of Mankato. And so I was at, living at home at the time. because so I was trying to pay off this. Oh, by the way, when that injury occurred for the eyes, I didn't have health insurance. Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, do you mind saying what the total cost was? 23 grand. Jesus yeah. Christ. Thankfully, my parents were able to cover it at the time and I was able to pay them back. There we go. Yeah. What was I, the
2: VIG on that? Did they charge you?
0: Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't remember how much, but they, they definitely were, I I was paying that off for five, six, uh, basically until I moved to Minneapolis, I was paying off that, that Mm -hmm. bill to them for a long time. So especially
2: as a young fella, that's a, that's a big number to have to Mm -hmm. see on a bill.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, well, it is as an old fella too. Oh yeah. (laughs) No, for sure. And I mean, at the time they just said like. Hey, if you go outside and you trip on the curb or if you sneeze, you could go blind completely. Like your retina's 98% detached in right. your eyes. So we need to fix this today. I was like, all right, well, let's just do it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Money later. Let's <laughs> exactly. do that. Yeah. yeah. So again, I think I'm very fortunate in that sense because you don't think about it at the time, but it does. It does kind of put a curve on things and makes you realize where you have to put your focus and interests in as well. And for me, I think it was so great because I knew I wanted to coach and teach eventually anyways. So this just gave me that reason. It's like, well, you can't compete anymore. Now you got to get better at coaching. You got to learn everything you can about being the best coach you can yeah. and just go that route right away. Actually, something of a fresh start, right? Exactly.
2: Like doing the same thing, just a slightly different perspective mm-hmm. and sharpen that blade. Yeah. Yeah. Now,
0: luckily, Nikita didn't have to worry about getting all this head trauma in the process because <laughs> nope. she's a lot smarter than I am. So we're, <laughs> we're really lucky in that sense. Yeah.
2: So um, one of you can do the accounting for the new gym.
0: Yeah. Well, we actually Definitely did hire an accountant. Gym. Oh, smart. Um, we We've did. got a and he does jujitsu, so that's even better. He's one of our
3: most of the people we've ended up hiring or talking to are all gym connections. Yeah. yeah. Our insurance
0: yeah. guy is a former student, or is a student of mine. Um, our accountant is a student from the Academy Eden Prairie, so. Yeah, it's all these connections we made were from people we knew of through it's a martial cool arts. The cool thing
3: about being in a martial art gym is all the people you're surrounded with are people who have outside careers. So mm-hmm. like when you're working in a different industry, all the people you're working with have the same career as you and there's not that diversity and interest or, or backgrounds. Yeah. And at a gym, it's just this mixture of any possible person who could come in that door. And it's so awesome because if anyone needs a hand with anything or you need anything, like electrician, or you need, like, while we have an accountant, mm-hmm. someone in a gym yep. that you're at probably has one of those skills.
0: Absolutely.
2: That's the real, I, I just went on this, like, lecture-slash-rant with a young guy that I know. He just finished, like, a associate's in software development or something, mm-hmm. and I said the line that we were always told, I'm, you know, 12, whatever years older than him, mm-hmm. however much older than him I am, which is not that much, but... You know, I remember hearing that people talk about networking and building relationships, and you'd get a job, you'd meet people at that job, you'd have a manager at that job, and those would be your future contacts. I call bullshit on that. The best networks I've ever had were at M-Theory, or at Los Campiones. Yeah. You know, like the, my ancillary interests have be- le- led to the best networks because, like you said, it's people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know firefighters, I know business owners, I know et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Whereas, like at my job, I know three other personal trainers. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's sort of helpful. Yeah. Until my car breaks down, then who do I call? Totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's helpful for, hey, where are you working these days? But there's a lot more to networks than that.
0: For yeah. It's so and true. And this is a perfect example for sure exactly yeah Mm -hmm. so um so yeah so from there I was in Mankato from like 2011 to kind of like November December 2013 and um, at this time I was kind of figuring out I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do my I was living with my folks they were gonna be moving uh, to Brainerd because my dad had sold his business and my stepmom got was able to transfer her job up there and so they bought a house up there and I was like, well, I'm trying to figure out what to do. And I hear about this gym in a town called Wadena. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the place. It's oh, yeah. middle of nowhere. You've fourth... heard of it? I mean, I've heard the word. Oh, it's very small. I was just <laughs> trying to small. sound really cool for you. Yeah, them. exactly. Um, <laughs> but they, there was this guy up there, uh, Joe Jasicki was his name. And he had this gym. There was like, I don't know. It's in the small town. And, and he was put this ad out on Ben Pearson's site saying, hey, I'm looking to hire an instructor to take over my gym. I want someone to come up here, teach, you know, run it for two years, and whatever you guys want to do after that, you can take all the equipment and do whatever you want with it. And he had this full-on, fully outfitted gym, mats, heavy bags, speed bags, little ring on the floor, all this stuff. And I was like, so I reach out to Ben, like, hey, is this guy legit? You know, whatever. And I was like, okay, let's go check it out. And Wadena is near Brainerd, so I was like, hey, let's make this happen. And I moved up to Wadena and I stake over this I take over this little gym and you know it's it's great. I had a few fighters that were competing out of there. Um Jesse Wanamaker and um a couple other people too, but it was awesome. It was just it's a town of four thousand people. Like there's not that many people interested in martial arts when you're that you know, just it's too small. So I ended up starting talking to Jeremy Bjornberg and different contacts. I know and am like, Hey, I want to keep teaching. I need to find a place in this twin cities. Um, so he had, he had thought about actually he was going to get me in touch to go to Milwaukee and go out to Rufus sport. And I was thinking about that, but the gal I was dating at the time was like, no, I'm not going to Milwaukee. I said, okay, cool. And so I went and like checked out, like, Midwest center for movement with, uh, Mike Ellison. Um, Mm -hmm. I talked to the guys at next level combat. Um, I had talked a little bit with Chris shown and them at the cellar. Uh, cause that summer, one of my students from Mankato, Luke Rudberg, um, was, was competing in the national Thai boxing tournament. And he asked me to be like in his corner for that tournament. And I said, absolutely dude. And he had been training at the cellar at the time. So I got a chance to meet Chris and those guys and I talked about, like, hey, do you guys have any interest in this? And finally, by, like, the end of it, my buddy Dan was like, dude, just come to the academy. I was like, I can't get my foot in the door. I mean, Jeremy tried talking to them, and that didn't seem to go over too well. So I was like, Dan's like, I got you. He talks to Greg, talks to Andy. A couple weeks later, I get hired working as, like, a guy who does intro lessons for people coming in for their first time. And it's... It's like a commission-based pay, and I mm-hmm. just said, okay, let's do this. That's I, the biggest impact in the room, right? What's that? That's the biggest
2: impact you can have in the gym, right? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, so I was like, okay, let's make it happen. If it gets my foot in the door and it starts giving me an education and what I need to do and helps me continue to pursue like, being a martial artist, that's awesome. And, and what I realized is that what it really was was like going to grad school I mean, I had gone to I got an associate's degree in business and marketing management. But like, yeah, that's uh, that's not doing much for me these days. But what I've been able to learn at Brooklyn Center and then I got, I became pretty close to Hayden Buckner at this time. We had been training together a lot and stuff. And
1: he thanks a lot, Hayden.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, and um, Hayden then told me he's like, hey, because I said to him, I was like, hey, if you ever open a gym in the future, like, and you need a coach, like, talk to me. Like, I, I will, I'm more than happy. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that. And good, good instincts, because that's <laughs> well, where he was going. I, he, had met, he had mentioned something to me about it, I think, mm-hmm. that he was thinking about it. I'm like, dude, call me seriously. Like, if you're going to really do this, like, get a hold of me. And, like, a month later, he's like, hey, do you, you still interested? I'm like, yes, let's do this. And, you know, I mean, I had met Nikita maybe four months prior to that. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point I was when we first met, I was working a job where I was hauling freight for Pier One import stores out of this, you know, loading dock in Egan. And then I would go do intros at the Academy. And then on Friday nights I would drive or Saturday mornings I'd drive down to Mankato and I would teach like two, three classes down there on Saturdays and Sundays, cause Dan and I were like trying to get something started with a gym down there. And then I was just kind of like, okay, this is going to be too much. And then when Hayden finally said, I want to hire you to be the, to like be my guy, how would you like to take over the Thai boxing program and the kids program and said, yes, let's do this. And that was pretty awesome cause it gave me that opportunity to really learn and figure out how to like run a program. I was really fortunate that I had Nikita because I am far from what you would call organized and (laughs) she really is able to help with that. And over the course of those five years, I was able to really get all of like the kinks out and like what I thought I was supposed to be as a coach, as opposed to what is actually required to be a good coach. Um, You know, I had my, my significant other here who is also like, Working in the industry and we were able to kind of work things together and that was always something we really liked But it was always kind of hard because you know We'd come home at night and we get home at like nine o'clock at night And there would just be two hours of completely debriefing you
3: have to go through every single thing We taught how it went with the class. How did student respond? How could we get better? And then yeah, it's 1130 and we've just been sitting on the couch talking about martial, martial arts, arts. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> our work night. day
2: all night. That's the real grad school. Yeah. yeah, is those meetings every night?
0: 100%, yeah, absolutely. Hundred percent. Yeah, and then um,
3: over COVID, that's that's where we really started to to blend our teaching a lot. Because mm-hmm. when we when we ended up in the the lockdown, both of our gyms went fully online, and so mm-hmm. they both had full Zoom schedules. And so to kind of ease a little bit of our burden, we planned out our classes together. So we we were pretty much teaching the same thing, but just on different Zooms. And that collaboration was when we—I mean—we've been planning to start a gym since we've met pretty much. But being able to take like multiple months where we didn't leave our house, so we got used to being around each other 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. and then working together the whole time—it was like proof that this works, and this yeah. is when we're the most happy. So it was—it was kind of like the big push we needed to really take the next steps towards starting our gym. Yeah, because when we when we started, when everything opened up and we went back to teaching at separate gyms, I mean, in all sense of things, it's that was probably better. But for us, we were like, oh, we're a little sad because now, now we're not teaching together. Now we're mm-hmm. not, now we have to go back to telling each other what we taught instead of Gus just watching me teach and then giving feedback or vice versa. Yeah, um, I and mean, there so. were
0: times, I remember, there was one day, like, you were teaching a class in person at the, at the college group mm-hmm. and I, like, had, I had free time or whatever. So I just tuned into the class that you were teaching and was able to give you like a piece of feedback that you didn't even realize. Yeah.
3: I had come home and I was telling Gus that I was like frustrated about a certain part of the class and he was like, Oh, well watching it, that looked fine. What I actually noticed was something else. And that hadn't even crossed my mind as something that I wanted to change. Mm-hmm. And we, I changed my entire ups because of that one, that one minute. Wow. So now I'm so excited because now we'll just be teaching together all the time. It's just going to keep getting better.
0: Yeah. And we've been really fortunate. We've had a lot of really good examples to follow. I mean, Nikita is an instructor under a guy by the name of Dan Inosanto. Have you guys heard of him before?
2: Who hasn't heard of Dan Inosanto?
3: Yeah, I would hope you guys. Okay, know okay. Just,
0: who he
2: is. I mean, I don't know a lot, but I mean, hello. Um, well, I, I Nikita's have, an instructor I have Facebook under Facebook. him. Okay,
3: yeah. so We're that's and the way Guru Inosanto teaches. Well, Mr. teaches his kids' class specifically. His wife watches every one of his classes, and then. Gives him feedback every time, which is sure. where we we mm-hmm. got that idea of yeah, yeah. how to keep working. And His like, kids' class is incredible. Gus oh and I went and watched him teach kids, and it was just him and one assistant. He had sixty. Yeah, it was like 40 to 60 kids. It was, it was an, an insane number of children. And it was not a single kid cried. No one no one like, acted out of line. I they like they that were, that was
2: the first thing that came to mind. There was zero kids crying no victory.
3: <laughs> but it, it was like this well-oiled machine. And, and we were both like, Completely I think we were off. just staring at each other with our mouths open. I was like frantically taking notes over this his entire class. It was super inspirational. But yeah, it's because yeah, we he's always trying to get reunion. better.
0: We were out there for a family reunion, uh, my extended family, and we just were like, Hey guys, these two nights we're gonna be gone the whole night. And we like drove like an hour up to his gym and we were there for like all five classes in a row because mm-hmm. we we're just where's that? At? Uh Marina Del Rey, California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right near That's Venice, where Beach. his gym is. Yeah. Yeah. So um but yeah, and then you know, we've had the luxury of getting to travel together for seminars. Um, we both got, we went. We actually went to a seminar that same year in Chicago for, to see Master Chai, who's our Thai boxing instructor. I mean, I, I train under Greg and under like John Aaron's, but like my instructorship is directly through Master Chai, uh, who's the head of the World Thai Boxing Association, and so is Nikita's. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been both very fortunate to train under him. And the whole time, like when we were engaged, he kept trying to convince he's like,
3: We met at his seminar. We,
0: we met at his seminar. He's like, you guys need to come to Thailand. I'll get you married on the beach. You'll love it. <laughs> so It's actually a sweet idea. It is I a know, good idea. Right? But then we just got married in the park in Minneapolis. <laughs> so, also a sweet idea. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've been really fortunate. You know, we get to travel together. We get to go train together. We've been, we went out to uh, what's the Pacific Northwest Thai camp, um, a Muay Thai camp where it's like, is it four or five days? I can never remember. But I don't know. It's essentially like it's the equivalent from what I've been told. I we haven't been to Thailand yet, which I'm that is on our bucket list. We are going to go for sure. But um what I've been described as going to Thai camp is essentially like going to Thailand. I mean, you have all these instructors from Thailand, from Master Chai, from around the United States, you know, guys like Brian Popejoy who runs the US national team for Muay Thai and stuff like that. So we get to go and experience this and just kind of go through it. And it's like, hey, we're suffering, but we're suffering together. So let's, let's get through this. And you know, we had really learned a lot about ourselves and what we were capable of at that time, which was a lot of fun. So that's
2: far more enriching than your average vacation, oh, sh- A yeah. shared suffering. And when you can write them all off because they're business expenses, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot more fun too. <laughs> Is Master Chai the guy in your Facebook photo? Yeah, is that the dude? Okay, I, I believe so.
0: I haven't looked at my Facebook Look, photo in a while. I think little Chinese sure, sure shirt guy. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Him. that's
1: him. <laughs>
2: I so, kind of
0: figured. Yeah, and um, so yeah, I mean, it was. It's been a blast. We've been able to do that, and then, like she said, with once you know, once the pandemic hit and everything, we just kind of realized how much we enjoy working on one thing together instead of supporting two separate things, mm-hmm. and that was the big thing. plus, like. I mean, I had told Hayden about this, like, when I first started, I'm like, hey, I'm dating this girl, I'm really into her, she does martial arts, if things go well, I might be leaving to open my own school someday with her, and he's like, oh, yeah, cool, that'll, like, that'll ever happen. Yeah, the eye roll. (laughs) Yeah, the big old eye roll there, And (laughs) and then, you know, a couple years later, I was like, hey, this, this might still be happening, just letting you know, we're still interested in this, and finally, I think it was last November, um... I, you know, had to sit down with them and just say, "Hey, um, let's start looking at having Dom take over the primetime classes because this whole plan of Nikita and I open a gym, it's happening. Like we're going to do it for sure." And so that was really nice to be able to tell him about that ahead of time because we knew that at the time we were actually thinking about doing our completely own thing. Like we were thinking about like Kratsky's Academy or something like that, but we were, cause we are planning to have affiliations with, um, I mean, we're, we're an academy branch, but we are still going to be still affiliated with the Minnesota Kali group. Mm-hmm. Um, we really love like the culture and how they are able to incorporate a lot of different things and focus. I mean, Nikita had a student who is in a wheelchair and was able to do what's considered like the five round test, which is a really, really difficult pad round Thai boxing test. And this person, Danny, did in a wheelchair with Nikita as his instructor. That's and awesome. So, like,
3: he is an incredible martial yeah, artist. Yeah his, yeah,
0: his will to keep going and just you know, figure it out and make a way to make it happen is so inspiring. So, like, yeah. so we just know that through all that, we can really change a lot of lives. And you know, that's something that you know, I've had a lot of work and focused so much with fighters over the years. That these last few years has been really nice because I got to get away from that just a little bit. Um, Up until actually about two years ago, I worked for the Minnesota Combative Commission as an inspector. So from like, so like those guys in the suits that you see Mm -hmm, at the mm -hmm. fights all the time. I was make everybody nervous. Yeah, yeah. So like, so I was like, I worked the event at the Target Center when with Chris when they when they came in 2019 and stuff, and I got to work a lot of events. So like that was. A really cool experience because even when I wasn't fighting I could still be involved in the fight scene so like I got to like, like hey how's it going Merrick how you doing guys like you know just seeing all these people I know mm-hmm. and recognize was always a blast and then kind of stepping away from that I got to realize like there's so many more people that can benefit from martial arts than just fighters and aspiring fighters I mean we've got I've got a student um, I think she's in her late 40s i want to say and when she started with us she was diabetic and had like all these health problems and over the last like two or three years has been able to almost completely reverse that just through muay thai training and you know seeing that that like someone like that could go from like you know like a one up to like a six is way cooler for me to see than like a fighter or someone who's at like an eight go to like a nine you know because yes and not to say that I that we're not going to work with fighters. I mean, I had, what was it, nine people competed at the national tournament this last in June for Thai boxing, and you know I'm I like that and everything. But it
3: just won't be the only focus.
0: Yeah, yeah. The
2: magnitude of impact and the breadth of impact with the quote unquote general population is so much more different than the handful of guys yeah. and gals who want to go fight. Right?
3: Absolutely,
2: yeah.
0: yeah.
3: And we want to have a space that has opportunity for everyone from all walk, walks of life to be able to train. Yeah. martial arts is for everyone. Yeah. So.
0: And one thing we really are excited about is that it's not going to be just like, I'm the coach and Nikita like works at the desk, which I've, I hate to say this, we've seen this and for at least for me, I saw this in a lot of Taekwondo schools sure. and traditional martial arts schools. It's like, no, Nikita is going to be at the forefront. Like she's, you know, head of the thai, head of the kids program, head of the Thai boxing program like we'll be collaborating that together. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a higher rank in jujitsu, so I'll be focusing on the jujitsu side of things a little bit more, but like, that's something that we really want to be like, no, it's not like it's my gym and Nikita works there. It's, we are co-owners 50, 50 all the way. And I think that's so awesome that like, we have people that want to learn and have like a strong female presence in the gym too. I mean, the only other gym I know of like this, I mean, we're not I don't think we're really anything like them per se. I mean, we kind of are, but like the striking Institute with Caitlin and Ryan, yeah. like they have such an awesome dynamic going there. I mean, yes. those two are both phenomenal instructors, phenomenal fighters, great people. And it's just really cool to see them making that work together for them. And man, talk about a hard startup having to start up literally I think they got started like two <laughs> <Yeah>. weeks after <laughs> yeah, the man. pandemic really started or like a week yeah, before. For sure. done a good job though yeah it's testament to
3: their skills that they're still around and doing great
0: yeah it's so cool to see because it just kind of it's a little bit inspiring for us too like hey we can we can do this too like this is Mm -hmm. gonna work for us like we can really make this happen it's definitely a good model yeah absolutely what color is your gym gonna be black and gray Oh, dark. Yeah, oh. we're gonna have gray mats, white walls, and there's black. a lot
3: of white there too. Not there a is. Too. It's like so the, w- the walls
0: up above the padding is yeah. all white. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we got. I mean, what was the place before we rented it? It was like a janitorial supply warehouse yeah. or something like that. So took a little cleaning, but <laughs> it's all good now. I, ironically, took a little cleaning in the janitorial <laughs> space. <laughs>
2: Uh, the, when I take photos at different places, the darker the mats and the darker the walls, the more I like the aesthetic of it. So cool! I'm happy to hear
0: that. Yeah. Some, some I can dark, show you a picture. I got mats. a little layout that Zebra sent us for how it's going to look sure. and stuff well, like I'll that. Well, I'll just swing by when you open up. And that check perfect. It out. Yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited. We're going to be planning to do like a kind of a soft opening once we kind of get everything up and running like a little mini open house. Mm-hmm. But then, um, we're thinking, are we, kind of set on this September 18th? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think September 18th is the date we're going to do our big grand opening. Um, my old coach Mario has uh, offered to come up and teach a seminar. Sweet. Yeah. yeah and he's going to bring awesome. like my buddy, Chad Curry, who's a black belt under him as well. Chad Sweet. was like my main teammate when I was in Rochester. Um, and he, he's done, he did really well for himself. He fought in LFA. I mean, he fought a lot of guys did really well. And um, I think his last fight, he had a, like a, back injury that kind of messed him up a little bit where he was like, I just, we're going to, he's got three kids at home too. So, you know, he's, <laughs> he's got a life already set and you know, so he still trains and you know, but I think his fighting days might be behind him now.
2: What's that seminar going to cost me?
0: Oh, I don't, I don't know yet. I don't think we're even no, charging. No. <laughs> it's the, it's the grand it's opening, gonna be a
3: grand opening, big open house. So anybody
2: that shows up. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So yeah. So oh yeah, absolutely. And then like, I'm going to be, I've been talking like Dan Moret and John Casaneda. I want to bring them up to do an MMA seminar. I mean, you got Dan who's fighting in Bellator, John who fights in the UFC. Um, That's exciting, but hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> and then Punched uh, in the head. <laughs> and then I'd like to bring up my original uh, Thai boxing coach, uh, Ray White, to come and do a Muay Thai seminar again just cool. because he, cool. was, he was the kind of guy that introduced it all to me. I mean, he was like, no, you need to do Muay Thai jiu-jitsu is really good you do that too and he's like by the way you need to learn how to i'm gonna put a knife and a stick in your hand and i'm gonna make you do this i'm like coach i don't want to do i'm not gonna do stick stuff i'm fighting he's like, you need to do this this is gonna build attributes that you need right now i was like oh okay well i guess we'll do that then
2: plus i need to know how to smack a bitch with a stick if you need to exactly back it up. works <laughs> i like that because you're reaching back into the people that helped you get to where you are Oh yeah,
0: and bringing them in, giving them a, a stage to work from. And you whatnot. have to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if if you don't if you don't try to give back and show respect to the people that got you where you were, I mean, what's the point? Like, I, not to say that like you owe like you owe something to that person, but but you do. I but mean, also, you do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I mean, Ray found me at a time where I mean man my head was so far up my ass i didn't know what was going on in my life at that time but he was like no i'm gonna give you some direction you're gonna listen to me if you don't like i'm gonna smack you with a tie pad in the head and you're gonna figure it out so yeah it was really good but so yeah and then um no you go ahead oh i was just gonna say like i i really just i was blessed i was really fortunate i had a lot of people that came into my life when i really needed them to come in there and then you know, Nikita included. I, I was living in the twin cities at the time. Like I had Dan, you know, I had my friends and stuff and I was training, but man, I was all over the place trying to figure out what I was going to do, what direction I was going to go. And then all of a sudden I meet Nikita and it was funny cause a few, like, I think it was like six months after we started dating, Andy Gron told me in a meeting one day, he's like, yeah, you've, you, you've gotten a lot better. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes like, you've matured <laughs> a lot in the last six months. <laughs> I go, really? He goes, yeah. What? That girl you're dating, she's good for you. You need to hold on to her. She's <laughs> like,
2: all right. Trust
0: boy. the word of the right people. Right? Exactly. Yeah.
2: Is this the part where I tell Gus to shut up and drink that whiskey so you can talk? Nikita? <laughs> Maybe. No That's, problem. Yeah. Wait, what's your deal? Tell me. Um. Kali group, huh? Is that I, where you started doing I martial arts?
3: I started at National Karate doing uh, Taekwondo. Okay. Um. I was really interested in... Well, actually, I don't know if I was interested in martial arts, but my mom did, it was like a group fitness class where they would step up on a stool and kind of punch their arms around, Um, and I thought that was awesome, so she put me in taekwondo, and I loved it. Um,
2: This is five years old, six years old? Five years old, Mm
3: -hmm. yeah. I did that. That's actually where I met um, my closest group of friends. I met them all at karate. Um, which when you're is, a little kid, yeah, that's well, still your crew. Yep. Still my yeah. crew. Still my crew. We all happened to end up going to the same middle school together, which nice. was awesome. Yeah. But I had all met them through karate, which was cool. There was a period of time where I think a lot of those friends, they only went to karate because we could hang out, you know, well, Sure. you know, but that's, that's why kind I of go partially to what it is. Yeah. yeah. All of your buddies are there. But yeah, I loved, I loved Taekwondo. I thought it was awesome. Um, but once I got my second degree black belt, there was, a, there was an age limit before you could get your third degree. Um, and the way it was structured was you didn't learn any like new things until you got the new belt. So it was like each belt you got to learn whatever was from that belt. And I had gotten my second degree when I was 13, I think. And so it was kind of setting up for three years of working on the same stuff. And I really wanted to try something new. I was starting to get bored and my mom found the Minnesota Collie Group for me. One of her friends was teaching kettlebells out of it. Um, and they found the Collie Group. And on my first, like, we walked in to just take a look around. And one of the students there, he's actually an instructor now, Chad Bresky, was taking this, like, huge test. It was like this big Muay Thai test. It's called the 10 round test, um, which is 10 Thai boxing rounds. Where you're going all out at a full full sprint the whole time with different holders coming in on each round, and I thought it was just class because I had no idea what was going on. And I walked in and there were like people cheering this guy on, and I thought it was so cool. And one of the students there, Joe Madrid, um, saw that my mom and I had just like wandered in, and he pulled us aside and like asked me some questions and held some tie pads for me, and I was hooked from day one i found it in the summer of my sophomore year of high school or after sophomore year and it was only six blocks from my parents house so i just was there morning and night i was walking back and forth um there were no other people my age it was not not a kid friendly gym but suddenly i had like 30 uncles who were all in their like 30s or 40s Mm -hmm. and i was just like Weird, fifteen-year-old kid who was just obsessed with knives and yeah. jujitsu, and it was awesome. Never left. Mm-hmm. It's been. I think there was a brief period in college where where I was just a little bit focused on my studies, and I was living over at campus <laughs> at the U, um, so I didn't come come as much. But that that was only probably about a year where I took a little break. Yeah. But yeah, and I got into teaching when I was there. I actually. When I was at the Taekwondo school my parents really wanted me to start assisting classes there because um, I'm pretty sure you could get a discount on your membership if, if <laughs> yep. I was teaching Yep of course um and I I was so mad at my mom because she like was really trying to push me to teach and I thought that was a horrible plan and I found this diary entry I had written when I was like 13 <laughs> where I was like my mom doesn't understand me she keeps saying I should teach martial arts but I I distinctly remember I wrote but I want to be a waitress and she doesn't know anything about my life and I will never teach martial arts I have this like very <laughs> aggressive entry
2: <laughs> hold on a waitress yeah that was my dream that's job that's what you wanted to do All right. I mean, at, hey, rock At and roll. the time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Turns out she was right, though, huh?
3: Turns out she was right. Yeah. Um, when I was 16, I think, um, one of my instructors, grew Diana Rathborn, um, she's been one of my biggest mentors at the Kali group.
0: She was our mutual friend who... She, she introduced, introduced us. Uh-huh. Introduced me to Nikita. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um,
3: she knew that I didn't want to teach... I think my mom had probably said something to her. And so she just started doing things where she'd be like, oh, I have to leave. I Can you just teach the last couple drills? And then she'd just leave the, the gym and then I'd be stuck there trying to teach. And I remember the first time she did that, I um, was 16 teaching a group of women who were all at least 30 plus. So I was very intimidated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the guy who was sitting at the front desk couldn't stop laughing. He was like belly laughing at me because I was so Uh, awkward. (laughs) I'd like teach a drill and then I was too nervous to to talk to any of the students. So I'd go stand next to my bag and like open and close the bag. So I had something to do. Um, So yeah, it was a long road, I think, before teaching became my passion. But um, through a lot of encouragement of the instructors at the college group, they must have seen something in me before I saw it in myself. They really pushed and encouraged me to start teaching and and now there's nothing else I can imagine wanting to do.
2: How are the tips in teaching though?
3: The tips? Ah, yeah. they're not coming as much yeah. as I hoped. <laughs> I really could have made it big being yeah. a waitress, I think.
2: Yeah, but you never know, man. <laughs> good good financial planning, who knows? Absolutely.
3: Yeah. So that that's been that's been kind of my path. When I was in college, I I went to school for music. Um very cool. And I was intending to be a sound engineer, which I, sound engineering is still awesome. Um, but my, my mentor at the time in sound engineering, he had actually introduced me to a pianist. She's the pianist in Cloud Cult, um, which is a local yep. band. They're You're awesome. Familiar with them, yeah. Um, um, she runs a music school, Sarah Jane's Music School in Northeast. Um, and he introduced mm-hmm. us so that I could start subbing her piano lessons when she went on tour. And I, did that for just a few months when I realized like, oh my gosh, teaching is what I need to be doing. Like teaching piano was really what, what made me realize like I needed to teach. And so I stopped doing all sound engineering. I started teaching piano full time um, and then doing martial arts on the side Um, and then have slowly over time made that shift. So now instead of teaching piano and doing a little martial arts, now it's, doing martial arts and doing a little bit of piano. Yeah. I got most of my, I got most of my martial art teaching like experience like at, I mean at the Kali group, but I also worked at um, sealed mindset, which was a, like a, they were, they were a firearms place parts like mostly, but I ended up subbing for the guy who was running their martial arts when he went on a trip to Norway and then they hired me to be their martial arts instructor there. So that's where I got to do, a lot of my learning, like Gus talks about, the academy being his grad school. I feel like working at Sealed Mindset was mine, where I was getting to finally experiment with teaching without like having people watching me who I like really admire, and I'm like nervous, sure. you know. Sure. So Sealed Mindset was a big, a big learning experience for me before I ended up going full time at the collie Group. Yep. You play yep. piano? Yeah. It's freaking sweet. Thank you. I've played piano since I was five. The two things I love to do, I started when I was five
2: something to it
3: and never love to do anything nah. else he's so
2: good yeah i bet <laughs> yeah. it's also not surprising that you had kind of two passion pursuits that have kind of traded and hey maybe might trade in the future yeah you know what i mean like i've found that in my own life is that like i do a lot of this because i like it plus i do a little bit over here and then there's a an inflection point where it shifts and that, that the secondary passion becomes the same one
3: absolutely when i do either one of those things i've thought to myself um when I'm like teaching martial arts I think like this is what I want to do I don't want to do anything else and then I'll go teach a piano lesson and then I'll be like wait this is what I want to do yeah. I don't want to do anything else so that's been like even when I haven't been teaching piano full-time I haven't wanted to lose that because I'm just as passionate
2: it's one of those good problems I don't know which one I want
0: to do as
3: yeah. much
2: well good exactly it's a good thing
0: <laughs> both things make you really happy so yeah one of,
3: one of our thoughts for kind of our long term like planning for this gym is we want one day to grow to a point where we can have it be like the Burnsville Academy of Music and Martial Arts where we're offering mm, cool. like where we will hire different music teachers. We'll have a bunch of practice rooms, um, run it similar to a music school, but then we'll also have a martial arts school. And then have it be so, like, parents could drop their kids off and they go to take their piano lesson and then they pop over for their martial art class or...
2: Or ones-in-one, ones-in-the-other yeah, ones, kind exactly. of
3: the, yeah. um, And then the ultimate goal being to have, like, summer camps that incorporate a combination of them. Like, maybe they have to choreograph some type of form, but then they get to play drums as their rhythm or they, like, do something where we're, we're mixing those two in camps for kids.
2: Well, that's like the like Taekwondo you put on an exhibition kind of thing, right? Yeah. S- same sort of deal, but half the class contributes to the music end of it and mm-hmm. half the class does the physical end of it. That's pretty sweet. Yeah,
0: well, that's like one thing when we went out to Dan and Osanto's school was so cool, It was like as he's running the class, he's got someone over there just playing the drums the whole yeah. time. And then yeah. like, we're at Thai camp, it's the same thing. Like you just hear this boom ba-ba-boom, ba-ba-boom,
2: boom, boom 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 boom. Whole different vibe, you yeah. know. Yeah. So what makes college football exciting is the bands, right? Exactly. I mean, the game's fun too. Games but are like okay. you know what I mean? That, there's just a whole vibe being sold to you. Just that good. energy, though, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. that was something that we thought was like, "This is a great idea," and we realized that getting out the gate, we should start with just focusing on one aspect, and then totally. once we're at a point where we're ready to grow, and you know, at that point, we'll definitely make that transition too. Because why not? I mean, that's one thing that's so awesome is you've got so many students that have crossed over from martial arts, like especially kids that mm-hmm. cross over from martial arts and also want to do piano or they started piano and like, oh, you teach martial arts. I want to go try that. Oh, and yeah.
3: It, it There's a huge crossover. Almost all of my piano students right now just came from the gym. Like, well, look,
2: looking at it from like a parent perspective, and I'm not a parent, but let's do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I have a kid, I want a physical endeavor and a creative slash intellectual endeavor. And if that's an outlet for both, or maybe I'm doing jujitsu when the kids learning piano, yeah, for that's sure. pretty great, you know. Yeah, how many times do you see kids hanging out during adult classes at different martial arts gym? It happens, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's an outlet, and that's something they can do. I like it. Absolutely. I like it a lot.
3: Yeah, that's something we're really excited about. Yeah, it's the next step.
2: It's like Jones barbecue and foot massage. It's just a good combination. Why not? Do <laughs> you guys remember that video?
3: I don't think I do. You don't know <laughs> Jones barbecue
2: and foot massage. Look it up. I'm totally going to be looking this up afterwards. (laughs) It's hilarious.
0: (laughs) That's awesome.
2: Maybe it didn't go viral enough.
0: Good job. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just love where she's been able to go with all this because like I said, Nikita has been the person who, especially this last six weeks while we've been trying to get things going, I will tell you right now, we would not be starting this gym if it were for Nikita and, and her knowledge and ability to just, we got to figure this out. We got to get hold of this person. I got to talk to this person. We got to do this. We got to do this. We, we need to do this. Like I'd have been like, I don't know, figure it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> So yeah, it's
3: been taking a lot of planning, but, but, but I think, the, okay. I think that's a good
2: partnership. That's actually one thing that uh, Jeremy said on here when he was on, I don't know if you listened to that episode, but, he said that like the mats and the weights and the ring are his but mm-hmm. the business and the people are jenny's okay mm. that makes you sense. know yeah. like he's the guy teaching a lot of the classes you know and this and that and whatever but the show is actually the gal yeah. you know yeah
0: and nikita downplays her abilities a lot she's very humble and very modest in that sense but if you see her teach a class, she can command a kid's class. She can command an adult class. Like it's so exciting. And it's really fun for me to watch and know that like, this is my partner in crime. So it's, it makes me incredibly proud of her when I get to be a part of the classes. And like, that was one thing that was a lot of fun that we got to do over the last, um, was it last spring and summer ish or last twenty twenty. Well, no 2020, like when I was helping on Sundays, Oh, her.
3: yeah, yeah, no, spring and summer. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: spring and summer, like, we actually got to really experience that a lot more of actually teaching and co-teaching together, where, like, because I was able to come assist her on Sunday mornings at her gym.
3: Yeah, at my at my gym in Minneapolis, we had a, some more restrictions for COVID, um, mm-hmm. and so we had pods where everyone was training in. Um, but because Gus and I were both at different gyms, um, and we had some people who were, Immunocompromised that we didn't want to risk. Gus and I stayed in a pod with each other, and so when I was teaching, I was trying to attempt to teach without touching anyone, which was very challenging. Um, which took a lot of creativity. I feel like I maybe got got better at teaching because I had to really, really think outside the box. Oh, but yeah. Sundays was the best day because Gus got to come on Sundays, and then I could just teach like normal, which was awesome.
0: So we would teach a kids' class, and then there was time boxing after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was awesome. It was fun to experience co-teaching and figuring out how to know when the other person leads or how to bounce off of each other and get mm-hmm. comfortable with that relationship before we strike out on our own.
2: Absolutely. There's yeah, one of my favorite coaching challenges, both for myself and like other trainers and coaches that I've worked with is... Uh, because we all pretty much always will like put physical contact into explaining where I want something to go yeah so take that out of it but then take out the second layer is take out their ability to like physically demonstrate the motion that they want Mm -hmm. can I stand here still and describe to you what I want you to do and then have you do it Yeah. yeah that's like kind of one of my markers for good coaching can I not move and not touch you And still get you to move the way I want you to move. Yeah.
3: It's a test really also of like how well you know the material. There's been so many times where we're like over the course of, you know, teaching and will happen now where I'm trying to teach something that's maybe a little more new to me. And then you get up in front of the class and you're like, oh, I know how to do it. But do I know how to explain it so someone else could know how to do it? And you have that moment where you're like, oh, this is something I need to practice teaching because there are all these details that I was maybe just doing intuitively or didn't even realize were part of the move because I was just not having to describe them to someone who doesn't know that yet. Or forgot
2: that you learned previously. Yeah. That made sense the first time I heard it, so I did it. Haven't thought about it for the last six years. Why aren't you doing it? Yes. you got to
0: set aside that bias.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that was one thing that was really cool too is like through not only just the pandemic but like, I mean, for me, I had had, we, Nikita and I actually, was it 2017 was the accident? Car accident?
3: No, I think so, yeah. Uh, In
0: 2017, Nikita, that summer, Nikita and I were coming home from a friend's house and we got T-boned at an intersection, like 30 miles an hour, and I got really badly concussed. Yeah, Um, it was really bad. I think we had come to the realization, it was like my seventh concussion something like that so yeah so for about four months I was like in therapy and like trying to like do rehab and like kind of figuring that out and for a long while like I couldn't I couldn't hold pads for people I couldn't like demonstrate as much and and he's and then like we both have had like injuries and stuff too and you realize through that process like you have to really know your stuff because you have to like pull someone else up and explain it while they're trying to, like, figure it out and do it at the same time. Or you have to, like, pull them aside, like, hey, I'm going to do this, this, this. I need you to do this, 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 and this. So so that was lucky, I guess. Not lucky, but we've been able to go through a lot of learning experiences over these last few years, which we both think is going to really benefit us in the long run for what we're trying to do. Yeah. how are your retinas after that car <laughs> i oh, was man. pretty freaked out but my <laughs> Look, my ophthalmologist they, said it was all good they yeah, hit your good.
3: the the airbag hit your glasses hit your glasses protected his eyes
2: yeah the yeah. glasses protected your eyes i guess yes. they took away some of the impact directly yeah, on like, the eye maybe. yeah i
3: think i think so because you didn't have you did have a little black eye but you seemed okay aside from the yeah. huge concussion
2: yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's the kind of sentence you only hear amongst fighters. We had a little black eye, but just seemed okay.
0: <laughs> seemed worse. <laughs> seemed a lot worse. <laughs> but yeah, so...
2: Did you guys go down to Des Moines a month ago or a few mm-hmm. weeks ago? Is that like the biggest Muay Thai tournament mm-hmm. in like the
0: world? Yeah, it's it's the largest amateur tournament in America. Okay. Um, this what's, year what's it called? What was it called? It's the 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 just the tba expo or it's, yeah. it's called the. it used to be called it's called they call it the tbas Tie boxing association Thai boxing expo. Association, but like world
3: expo or something yeah
0: now it's referred to as like the world expo because they've got you know pros amateurs everyone can compete there um but yeah so like i went we've been there most every year um mm-hmm. i competed there in 2010 um and then moved on to MMA. And then like the next year, my retina injuries, you know, happened. Sure, so sure. I was done after that. But, but yeah, we've been down there every year and just have a blast. It's so much fun because it's for now for us, like when we go to like Thai camp, it's the equivalent, same thing. It's like, we meet all these instructors and coaches and people and fighters from around the country. And then when we go to this tournament, we get, this, it's almost like a big family reunion. So yeah, yeah you get to
3: see people from all over the country that you've been missing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we've been going down there, and it was yeah, it's been a blast every year. So I brought two champions home this year. So, there we go. That yeah. was my follow up question. Who was it? Uh, Dom, which I can't really take credit for. Domi Myrn. That that would be more under the lines of Troy and John Aaron's. I think uh, he spends a little more time. I've trained with him quite a bit, but those guys are his main guys. So. So I take partial credit for Dom, but then we also had a student, Patrick uh, Binzus, who is 17. Um, he cleaned house at that tournament, which is pretty cool. That's we, terrifying. I know. We jokingly <laughs> tell him, like, kid, you've got man strength. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're 17, good. and your kicks and your clinch can throw anybody around. He had he went against one guy from, I don't know which gym he was from, but I think he was from Minnesota, and woo, it, was a, it was a fun one from our point of view. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. Good. Uh, is Dom a purple
2: belt in jiu-jitsu or is he a brown belt?
0: He is a purple belt, I believe. Okay. I think he just got his purple belt last yeah. November. But um,
2: I remember watching him roll a couple times last year and I was like, is that is that what blue belt's supposed to look like? Should well, I be turning in my blue belt? He's just very methodical, very detail-oriented. Well,
0: keep in mind, he was uh-huh. training at Pedro Sauer's school uh, like he was at mm-hmm. Pedro Sauer HQ is where he got started sure I didn't know so, that okay. yeah and actually that's where um, Hayden and I met him because uh, Hayden in 2018 brought me out to the instructor course under Pedro Sauer for like their world camp in Virginia that they had out there mm-hmm. and that's where we met Dom and he at the time was the assistant kids instructor, uh, to their kids program. And they had a phenomenal kids program there. Uh, Kristen DeBrucker was actually the one running their program. She's a black belt under Pedro Sauer. She's an instructor under Master Chai. She's an instructor under Guru Dan, um, awesome person. And Dom was able to learn from her. And then when Hayden and I were talking, we're like, dude, we need to get somebody else in here. Like we're growing, we don't have enough help and he came up to me one day he's like hey how would you be interested would you be interested remember dom i was like from virginia and he's like yeah he wants to get real serious about thai boxing and you know i talked to kristen and she said that you know for him to go the best place in the in the Sour association would be come to minnesota train with greg train with troy train with john Aaron's, mm-hmm. and and i go and he's like how would you think about having him come in and be your assistant i was like Pfft. Yeah, get him in here. That guy can control a kid's class like no one. Like sure. it's why not? And so we were really fortunate to have him come in because cause then when the pandemic hit, it gave a little bit of um leeway for me because with Nikita's gym um having a little bit more restrictions with everything and um Where we were at in the suburbs, they didn't have the same rules in place necessarily, so it was kind of like, hey, we're still doing the pod thing, let's let him do these, I'll do these, and then that kind of segued into like, hey, we're probably going to do our own thing let's just have him keep doing these classes and
3: it was a really good transition for Eden Prairie I think it,
0: it really was we were we were fortunate in that sense because he's he's an incredible instructor and a phenomenal martial artist and I think everyone that's gonna be able to train with him and those guys there are gonna benefit greatly from that significantly so
2: probably the one of the top three most important uh, members of your organization is the person in
0: charge of the kids classes Oh, oh, yeah. For sure. 100%. That's what keeps the lights on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, the, all those kid memberships, to <laughs> yeah. be honest. And it's funny because, you know, traditionally, the Minnesota Kali Group and the Academy have not necessarily been gyms known for their sure. kids' programs. I mean, national karate, like, you have, what, 95% kids. Yeah. 5% adults or right. something like that. But most
3: of the adults seem to be the parents who just started training because their kids were doing yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah,
0: Exactly. Yeah. Get a little bit of that in jujitsu these days too. You're starting to see more, it more and more, and more which of is that. pretty yeah. cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But yeah, the college group didn't have, I think our kids program was like a Saturday only kids program for most of the time I was there, if not at all. Um,
0: but in the last year that you were there. Yeah. I mean, when
3: I, when I came on full time as an instructor there, i took over the kids program and now it's a six day a week program that's that's running really well it's awesome
0: she's not going to be the one to say this but she also had like the highest retention in her program too which is huge oh yeah yeah. like those those
3: kids are dedicated they're like they're there every single class they're awesome yeah
0: and it was very apparent that like and nikita also it was not it was just her she had other great instructors working with her as well that we're a good support group, but mm-hmm. she it was, was good really group. good at being able to kind of put together the curriculum, make it something that they can follow, make it something that's excitable for them to not just, like, not have what happened to her when she was a kid, where it's like, you get to a certain level, and now it's like, well, now what? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
2: How long has the College Group been around?
3: They've been open since
2: 1982. So Collie Group and Academy HQ are kind of throwbacks to, like, when... They were the gym for the people who wanted that oh yeah in in, ha- in the heyday of like the karate and taekwondo you know eighties and nineties thing, so maybe they probably didn't have or need the kids' programs, but obviously have adapted in recent years to, yeah. to having that you know
3: yeah, they were definitely too hardcore to entertain the idea of Do kids.
0: you sure. remember the Paul Luck right. story with Rick <laughs> about the cards at the Mm-mm. bike bar. Mm-mm. Oh, so there was what? a, there was a story we had heard a while back from one of her instructors at the college group who had told us about a time where, um, in order to get new students, they decided, um, this guy, I think it was his name was, I think it was Paul Vunak told Rick, he's like, Hey, we're going to get you some real students. So meet me at this bar at nine o'clock on Friday <laughs> night, bring a mouth guard and bring cards. He's like, Okay. And I I could be mistaken on this, so (laughs) I might so please don't quote me on this, but it'll sell well for the podcast. I'm pretty sure the way this story played out, they go to a bar, Paul and Rick, Paul buys a couple of drinks, hands one to Rick, takes one himself, and then says, All right, are you ready? He goes, For what? He takes the drink and throws it in the face of the biggest dude right next to him. And he goes, Get back to back, put your mouth guard in. And then all these bikers are like, okay, dude, let's go. And they ended up beating the crap out of like eight or nine people. And then Paul Quick goes, Rick, throw your cards in the air. (laughs) And let's go. (laughs) The next day, some guy shows up and he's like, is this your card? Like, yeah. He goes, I want to learn what you did.
1: That's so (laughs) awesome.
2: Okay. Whether that's true or not. I know, right? We're leaving it. We're accepting it because it's awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a there's a little bit of old schoolness that doesn't. I mean, you can't you can't deteriorate so far from the combative aspect of the art that you're essentially playing martial arts. I mean, I there's y- you know how it is. You see the videos of the guys that are just waving their hands and people are mm-hmm. falling down. The and, paper tigers. Yeah, the the paper tigers of the world per se. You know, um, but. There is definitely a point of where you can have it be real and you can test it, but you don't need to be like to the point where you end up with detached retinas, you know, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So criminal records, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you don't you don't need to get a warrant. That's not good. Right. Right. But, um, uh, yeah.
3: I just was going to say it's it's really fun that we're now starting this gym that's going to be – we're an academy branch, but so affiliated with the Kali group where we're getting to bring these two gyms and their philosophies together because they started out in the same place. Um, my main instructor, Rick Fay, was Greg Nelson's instructor, and the two of them trained together, and they went to all sorts of seminars. They went to all the Guru Dan seminars. Greg was really excited Demos, about Thai boxing, everything. so got Rick into – going to see master chai and watching the two of them create very different, but equally as successful, like gyms and different mm-hmm. philosophies and being able to pull from both of those from our own experiences. Well, that's so really cool, cool too.
0: Cause like Rick has affiliate instructors and in schools all over the world. I mean, he's got what, like half a dozen MKGs in the UK,
3: I think more than that,
0: maybe more. There's mm-hmm. several around the rest around the United States. I mean, in 2018, we were able to go to Japan for an instructor seminar that was at um you know it's not called MKG but the owner is the owner a, is
3: a really good friend and yeah. student of Rick's. Um, his name's Takashi Uchino, and he runs a huge gym in Osaka. They they, huge well he he has multiple gyms, event? but yeah. yeah, but his main one is in Osaka, and it's um it's right in downtown and most of the businesses are, are very small spaces, like one room spaces. And his gym is, I think he has eight stories of this huge high rise and he has like a yeah. spa, oh, he has multiple training areas. When we oh, say wow. a lot
0: like, of students, we're talking like 7,000 yeah, students, yeah, yeah. not yeah. a couple hundred. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It was a really <laughs> exciting experience. There were instructors from all over the world from the Collie group organization. And, um, we got to do a huge seminar with, with Rick and he taught us, he just taught a big seminar, but then they did these like, they did like these instructorship games the where- Instructor Olympics. The Instructor Olympics, that's what it was. And Takashi brought in- 300? Think, yeah, it was a few hundred students of his and- Let's say 300 for let's say the- say 300.
2: The- uh, Romance of it.
3: You
0: know what I'm saying?
2: It,
3: it, I'm the, pretty the certain it not exaggerating this. Yeah. Like, so it, he, it
0: really was. He brought
3: in all these students and the challenge was is all the instructors were divided up into teams and you could teach anything you wanted, but none of the students spoke English. So there was a huge language barrier. And so you had to get up on stage. There was this big stage and you had these 300 students and you had 15 minutes to engage them and create something really fun. Well, you could do weaponry, you could do just footwork, you could do striking and didn't really matter. You could do solo or partner work. It was up to you and your team. Um, and then all of the students got to vote at the end for which um, demonstration or which which class they liked the best, which was Awesome. Gus's team did win the first round. So. <laughs> but
0: We had a guy get kicked in the nuts by someone, so that kind of helped a little bit. Yeah. Everyone was laughing the yeah. <laughs> but the it The entertainment
3: factor. The comedic
2: effect wins exactly. a lot of things. Yeah.
3: It was a huge learning experience because, honestly, I think going to Japan was probably a big reason why um, teaching over Zoom was something we were able to adapt so well. Because the way they structured all of their classes was... It was all like one person at the front and everyone else mimicking. So they would do a lot of like solo stick work. It almost had a like kind of a tie. Is it Tybo? Yeah.
0: Think Billy Blank's Tybo, but with sticks. Yeah. And hundreds and hundreds of people doing it. Sure.
3: And it it was really exciting because watching the way they they worked and, and the the visual aspect and everyone was on beat with rhythm. They had drums playing the whole time. Um, Their precision and like technical skill was really high level. So it like forced all of us to kind of be like, Oh man, sometimes we get a little lazy when we're doing motions and we're not doing the full extent where everything they did, they like, full extension on every move there were pauses to emphasize certain things it was it was awesome Um, and that helped a lot when we were teaching over zoom to like think back on that experience in japan Mm -hmm. um, and compare those two
0: absolutely
2: so you've got two of the older shall we say mixed martial arts
1: Mm -hmm.
2: dynasties in the state yeah kind of
1: pioneers
2: pioneers mm-hmm. right yeah and you guys are going to be sort of the birth child of the both of them
0: someone the wants plan. someone wants <laughs> e- like what was it we're like the romeo and juliet of the marsh twin cities martial arts I world think, i think that's what they said <laughs> bringing back the the two branches back together in a sense <laughs> yeah.
2: as long as nobody like kills themselves is that how yeah, romeo and juliet and yeah. we'll forget about that yeah, part leave the end out <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah yeah, they both have really, really great things going, and we're excited to pull from both for, for our gym.
2: What have you guys been watching on TV lately?
0: I made mean, well. We've been, I've been watching
3: p- the Bad Batch.
0: Um, the what now?
3: The, the Disney bad batch. the
0: Star Wars cartoon. Oh, we're into like those movies and stuff, but um. <laughs> Yeah. It
2: says with Shane. We're in the Star Wars. Star Wars is cool. Star Wars. It
0: was. It's gotten a little lame over some years. The movies have been lame. The show has been good. So,
1: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> hey,
0: uh, I grew I up being the biggest Star Wars nerd ever. I wasn't too pleased with this sequel trilogy. It wasn't the best.
2: Something tells me there's people applauding in the listening audience right now. <laughs> Just from what I've heard. I don't
3: know some about. of my piano students, those kids were really excited. I was watching The Bad Batch. That's true. They're all around 10, but they were excited about it. Yeah,
0: they don't know any better it's the best thing they've ever seen no exactly i've been making her watch some old school movies lately uh i made her watch dodgeball the other day that's not old school bro that's 20 years old no man don't say it
2: (laughs) i watched it just watched it just the other day oh great it's completely new
0: (laughs) but yeah I mean honestly with with trying to do all this stuff with the gym we've had like no time.
2: That's actually the answer I was looking for given you're opening a business. Yeah. yeah we like, haven't like, Don't done be watching TV. Focus no. on your <laughs> No, I
0: mean it'd be it'd be nice but yeah if anything it's We've been like,
3: coming home so tired like some of these days of cleaning the place. We'll we come home and then we just go straight to bed.
0: Yeah or just like trying to assemble equipment from IKEA, trying to go through IKEA just to get crap. Oh my. That yeah. sounds exhausting but I i'm not in ikea story. like yeah, 10 you're times right. in the past two weeks i hate ikea oh, It's gosh. too many too many times Brutal. 10 times
2: in the past two Each, weeks
3: well they the only way right because everything is so back ordered um and like uh, shipments are all delayed uh, the only yeah. way you can like go to check when things are coming in is you have to ask them in person because sure. the, they won't let you do it online so we like keep going can't in update and,
2: fast
0: enough and whatever
3: yeah, probably basically. yeah, yeah. But if you don't go the day things arrive, they're all sold out. So you have to like keep trying.
0: Yeah, we had to go get mirrors for the locker rooms. That they we went there on Tuesday, I think, and they like, said, "Oh, they'll be in Thursday." We went there today. There was four left. So <laughs> so we we got there in time, thankfully. But they've been joking, like, "Yeah, you're competing with every college girl in the four state area." Yeah, I suppose this time of year. Yeah, yeah that yes. stuff's getting
2: gobbled up. Paulie knows. Sending kids off. Yep. Oh joy. <laughs> Less than two weeks. Oh Yikes. man. The other one, the second one. No, Sophia's going she's back. Going back. Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, Josie still got. Uh, she's a senior this year. <laughs> <laughs> still got a year. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> nice. Yeah. What else? Um. Free free platform. Go ahead.
0: Kind of, I gotta pee.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect.
2: (laughs) Sounds like we found a good place to stop. (laughs) Might have. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. Appreciate it.